Boy, have I heard some horror stories when it comes to personality assessments. As a coach who uses personality assessments in their practice, I obviously am a fan of them. I find them to be really useful. And I have heard a lot of shady stuff in my time, in my almost 15 years as a coach when it comes to personality assessments. So I am here to talk with you about how to do personality assessments the right way. There's an overall process that any assessment could really follow with a good practitioner. And so I want you to hear all about that so that if you decide to participate in something where you're going to go through personality assessment, you'll know what to watch out for. Welcome to the Productivity Shift Podcast, the only podcast for women in charge who feel overwhelmed with all they have to do. Whether you own your own business or lead a team or take care of your family or all of the above, this is the podcast for you. Choose how to spend your time so you can make progress on what matters most to your life and business. I am your host, Elise Enriquez, a certified life coach, productivity dork, and the creator of the GIST program that helps you get your shit together. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey, shifters. So glad to be back with you again this week. I am sitting here recording this episode with one dog snoring under my desk and the other one starting to snore and possibly dream on my lap, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So if you hear any dog noises in the background, you're welcome. That is my little gift to you. Okay, let's get on track here. We are talking about doing personality assessments the right way or doing them well. I kind of I think you know by now, I try not to speak in those terms like right and wrong and and that kind of thing. Although I do have strong feelings about this topic. I have very strong feelings about how personality assessments are used. I'm a big fan of personality assessments. I love taking them. I love learning more about myself through them. And I use them with my one-on-one clients. And I recommend them to members in my community as well, in the GIST community. So I'm obviously a big fan of personality assessments, and I think regardless of the assessment, there are some key things to keep in mind to make sure using an assessment goes well. I I was thinking about like saying these are the four steps or these are the five steps or whatever, but it's, it's really more like guidelines, things to keep in mind. So that's what I want to cover today so that if you decide to take a personality assessment or you're asked to take a personality assessment, that then you are able to make sure that it's done in a way that is going to support you. The first thing I want you to think about when it comes to an assessment is intention. What is the intention of taking the assessment? What is your intention for taking the assessment? And what is the intention of the person who's asking you to take the assessment if they're indeed asking you to take one? So assessments usually happen in one of two situations. One is that the person is curious about themselves and they decide they want to take an assessment. The other most common thing that happens is that somebody is part of a group, a team, an organization, and they're being asked to take an assessment. And then the, and I, and I find that me asking to, a client to take an assessment more falls into actually the first category because they've hired me as a coach in order to learn more about themselves. <laughs> but, but still, we're very clear about the intention of the, the assessments that I ask people to take. I'm clear with them. They're clear with me. So even if you're being asked to take an assessment because you're in, there's going to be some sort of group retreat or group workshop or something like that, take a moment to think about what your intentions are for taking the assessment. What are your goals for taking the assessment? 
And it's helpful to ask, you know, if somebody's asking you to, if your boss or uh, a contractor, you know, somebody's coming into a consultant's coming in to, to have you do this, to talk with them about like, what is the intention of this? I think that's really important for you to be clear about that going into it. And if nothing else, I find the most helpful intention to go in with, again, if nothing else, you get to have your own intentions, but the most helpful intention for everybody to be going in with is that this is an opportunity to learn more about yourself and for you to appreciate the differences in other people, whether it's other people that you're working with or other people in your life, whatever, whoever those people might be, that the assessment is a way for you to learn about yourself and, and get to a point of self-acceptance possibly and appreciate the differences in other people. Another guideline that I find to be really important, helpful, or another recommendation I have is the the kind of format in which you're taking an assessment. Again, you're not always going to have control over this. These are things to just watch out for. I think it is best for you to take an assessment on your own, in your own time, when you feel like it, when you feel ready for it, and to be prepared to do that, for there to be a discussion about here's the mindset you need to be in to take the assessment. So for example, when I would have somebody take the Myers-Briggs type indicator, so that was an assessment, I'm I'm a certified practitioner in the Myers-Briggs type indicator. So I'd always make sure to talk with them ahead of time. And it's also on the site where they take the assessment to say, hey, here's what you need to keep in mind before you take the assessment. Here's the kind of environment I want you in. Here's the kind of mindset I want you in to make sure that they are really, truly prepared to take the assessment, and including here's how long it's probably going to take. It could take anywhere from this long to this long, just so they feel prepared and they're not feeling rushed or they're not doing it in a time when they're in a really pissy mood or anything like that, because the results are going to be based on the questions that you're answering and how you answer them. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Another guideline that I I recommend is making sure that before you are asked to engage in conversation about your results, you have an opportunity to debrief those results with a professional on your own. Now, that's not always possible when you're being asked to take an assessment in a big group workshop kind of setting. But I, I do find that in particular, when it's an intact team. So if it is a team of people that work together, especially if management is included, then I actually will not facilitate an assessment where I have not done a debrief with each individual first before they engage in conversation with the rest of the team. I mean, they can choose to have a conversation with the rest of the team before we do a debrief. But for example, I will not facilitate a team assessment where everybody is taking the assessment, they all get the results in front of each other, even if it's I'm handing them the results, you know, but they're all getting their results at the same time. And then they're expected to have these conversations about this all at the same time. I just don't find that to be a, a safe environment for people. There's just a degree of privacy that I think they should be allowed in order to understand themselves better before really being forced to talk about things 
with their boss and their coworkers. So when it comes to doing that debrief on your own, that really applies more for intact teams. I think if you're choosing to take an assessment and you're choosing to attend like a workshop where there's people that you're not necessarily working with, your bosses and there's just like other people like you are interested in taking an assessment, I think in those situations, it's not that big of a deal because you're saying, I would like to take this assessment. I'm going in with my own clear intentions on this. And I am looking for, I I opted into something that is a group learning situation. I feel like that's very different than than a, a situation where you're an intact team and there's power dynamics at play. So that's that next guideline is is really hopefully, especially in a team, intact team situation that you are getting the opportunity to debrief with a professional privately before you're asked to engage in a work situation. All right. So then the other one is to be reminded that when you get that debrief, that the results that that you're looking at, the results that you receive, they're just how you answered questions on one day of your life. Right. That's that's it. <laughs> so you're just being asked that there's just a bunch of questions, right? Almost every assessment out there is some sort of forced choice, multiple choice kind of situation. And you answer those questions. And even though with my clients, I make sure to stress how important their mindset is and making sure they have time to take it. Like who knows what your day was like that day, right? Who knows what kind of uh, thoughts you're going in with when you're answering these questions? The way I look at it is that the results you get back are a hypothesis for us to explore. Even though I lean more on the Enneagram now than I do Myers-Briggs, a lot of what I'm sharing with you comes from, some of it comes from the training I got to become a certified practitioner. The rest of it was because of me implementing things over the past 15 years. The Myers-Briggs organization used the language of hypothesis in their training on how to debrief clients on the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And I really like that language that the results you get back are one hypothesis. You can do a self-assessment, right? To be able to say, okay, if, if, if we're looking at all these different types, you know, what do you think your preferences are? And that's another hypothesis. And then together we work toward saying, this is your best fit type. So with Myers-Briggs, there's 16 types. This is your best fit type. My best fit type is an ENFJ. That is the closest fit for me of the 16 types. When it comes to the Enneagram, I'm a nine or a two. I'm still trying to figure that out. I've always thought I was a nine, but I have some information lately that's like, am I a two? I definitely have a one wing. I know that, but that's the those are the best fits for me. And so I really think it's important for people to think about the results that come back are just a hypothesis. There's something for you to respond to so that you can get clarity about what your preferences really are, about what your type really is, no matter what the assessment is. I've, I've talked about Myers-Briggs and Enneagram so far. This is true though for any assessment out there is that the results that come back again, are just how you answered questions one day of your life. Don't put too much stock in them. Let them be a starting point. Let them be a kind of a guidepost for you. And then dig in, hopefully with a professional of some sort, to to understand it better. Or you can dig in on your own if, if that's your preference. And the final guideline I have is to make sure that once you have landed on the type that fits best for you, no matter what the assessment is, that you understand how you could leverage that information to take action somehow in some way with this information. So that that way you're starting to cement this information for yourself. And I don't mean by fixing your personality a certain way, but what I mean is 
getting that knowledge into play, using that knowledge in a way to support you. And so oftentimes that, you know, that comes through the the help of a professional. Uh, again, you might be able to do that on your own, but being able to leverage this information to make choices about how you're doing things in your life, to support you in taking action in your life. There's a wealth of information in these assessments and so many times they are just something that somebody takes randomly and just like tosses in a drawer. It's just such a lost opportunity to do that. There's so much you can learn by experimenting based on the information you have. Speaking of hypotheses, right? Like forming a hypothesis about maybe an area of struggle for yourself and how you could leverage the information from a personality assessment to remove so much struggle. And you can just run that experiment and see how it goes. You can follow accounts on Instagram or on other social media sites based on your type. So you can keep getting reminders of that. Different kinds of personality assessments can send you regular reminders about your type. So just really think about how to not just have it be a one and done kind of thing, but something you're actually implementing and learning from. And of course, some of the best ways to do that are to work with a coach, join a coaching program, those are great ways to do it because you're going to be constantly pushed, right, to, to do these kinds of things. So I would love to hear from you your assessment horror stories, your assessment successes. So whether it's good or bad, what's your take on personality assessments? Where have you benefited from using them? And when have you been really frustrated or struggled or felt persecuted even because of a personality assessment? I really would love to hear more from you about that. And in the meantime, you know how I was talking about, you know, you sometimes people are going to choose to opt into taking a personality assessment in a, a fun environment where it's just them deciding to do it and it's not with their team or their boss or anything like that, right? Well, you have that opportunity coming up very soon. On February 14th, I will be launching my new productivity personality quiz to uncover your productivity personality type. And that will be launching on... February 14th, so yes, Valentine's Day, I'm going to be doing a live premiere party on Zoom where you'll be able to take the assessment while we're on the Zoom. We are going to go into breakout rooms based on types. That way you can just connect with other people who are like you. And then we will debrief and I will answer all your questions so you can start applying what you're learning right away. So if you would like to join us for the premiere of the I think I'm calling it, what's your productivity personality quiz? <laughs> if you're ready to join us for that, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you can just head on over to eliseenriquez.com forward slash premiere to join us for that event. All right, that is all for this week. I'll be back with you again next week. Until then, keep making progress on what matters most. <laughs>